uh, our church has an important matter to get to today. So there is, uh, there has been uh, some major wind in our sails, and uh, we are not going to let having to go virtual stop us from moving forward in this big moment that it feels like uh, God has our church in. So uh, today, uh, I'm making an official announcement about our church's affiliation future, and particularly for many of us uh, who are following the story of our church from afar, uh, this online recording will be the most complete picture they get of what's been happening. So uh, as I make this announcement, let's keep all those uh, viewers and listeners in mind as well. Some of you may uh, already know some of what we're passing on. Others will be hearing this for the first time. But we've been in a, church, uh, a church-wide discussion of our values uh, for the last three weeks. Uh, voting on our affiliation future, uh, and as, uh, as, as many of you know, the vote closed yesterday, so uh, I am uh, officially announcing that passing with a uh, unanimous vote among stakeholders that participated as of today, uh, uh, it is official that in an effort to more fully and freely pursue the values we feel God has called us to, our church is leaving our affiliation with Vineyard USA. Uh, for those of us who have been here for a while, uh, we will have to get used to saying BLC, Brownline Church, instead of BLV, which I will probably very consistently get wrong, so bear with me. Uh, we are in so many ways proud of our uh, heritage with Vineyard. Um, it is the reason that we have such a, a strong uh, core belief uh, in a living and active God, uh, in, in a faith that is not just a matter of the head, but is a matter of powerful spiritual experience. Uh, the Vineyard is the reason uh, for the changed landscape of uh, music in churches. Do you know contemporary music in churches, which is like everywhere now, almost all churches do contemporary music, or at least some of the time, that is arguably because of the Vineyard, and we love that. That's, that's a great piece of heritage. And the Vineyard has always been on the forefront of connecting uh, certain secular wisdoms like social-emotional health or mental health with church ministry and with an understanding of Jesus. And these are heritages that we are proud to continue to carry on. And at the same time, while not at all discounting those deposits of heritage, we have also felt in the last uh, seven uh, years since this church began an increasing sense that God is encouraging us toward a different direction than the vineyard for both cultural and theological reasons. So uh, on the cultural side, in these years since our church began, uh, the Vineyard at a national organizational level, so not just local churches that call themselves Vineyard, but Vineyard all over the country, uh, they have increasingly moved toward uh, more clearly defining and uh, drawing boundaries around what is the Vineyard way of pursuing faith and doing church, which is totally great in many ways. It's a super helpful approach for lots of people looking for churches. And most religious settings operate exactly that way. They, uh, what churches are about are assimilating people into a particular expression of faith. So the Vineyard way, the Catholic way, the Methodist way, the Willow Creek way, you know, fill in the blank. But we started this church uh, for people who feel more comfortable in progressive or multi-perspective settings rather than religious settings. So Kyle and I, the two guys who started this, we have always just naturally felt more at home in settings where multiple cultures, both religious and secular, and multiple perspectives and multiple stories and multiple starting points are all in view at once. That just, to, to us, that doesn't feel scary or like a threat, it feels like home. Uh, even the challenging parts of that, for two straight, white, middle-class men, we get our privilege exposed all the time in such settings and it's embarrassing and it's challenging and it's a little bit, you know, humbling. 
but that's never actually felt like a threat. It's always felt like opportunity. So for better or for worse, uh, the two of us, Kyle and I, when we first started this church and still on to today, we have always been people who have just been, we can't help but see unexamined culture in church settings. Uh, before we started this church, uh, that honestly often got in the way of us losing ourselves with, uh, like with abandon to pursue faith. Uh, we wanted to lose ourselves, but we just couldn't because we felt like we had to drink some sort of Kool-Aid to do so. And it was all the Kool-Aid never seemed to totally capture the flavor of Jesus. Do you like that analogy? I took it to the bitter end, the flavor of Jesus. Uh, so uh, this church was born out of the desire basically to have a faith community that doesn't serve Kool-Aid, metaphorically or literally. Uh, so the model you may have heard us talk about before is being centered set, not bounded set. So generally in these religious settings that are focused on assimilating people into a particular expression, faith in Jesus is a circle. You're either inside of the circle or you're outside of the circle. And if you're outside, the goal of a church is to get you in, to help you believe what we believe, follow the norms we follow. That's a bounded set. Uh, but a different approach uh, than the circle, the bounded set, is our model, a centered set, where there is no in or out. There's just like a dot in the center, and then all of us are just smaller dots all around that same plane. And in this case, the, the center is Jesus. And the goal of a church, if you're a centered set church, is not, is not to get somebody inside of or outside of something because there, there is no in or out. The goal is to point all people, no matter how religious or non-religious, toward that center, believing that if it really is the Jesus in the Gospels, then that Jesus is magnetic and wonderful and will draw us close, closer to him naturally. Like We don't actually have to worry about drawing boundary markers to keep us safe about who's doing things right or who's doing things wrong, because that will work itself out naturally. Jesus is compelling and powerful enough to just work it out himself. So this is why uh, at our church, we don't ask people to read a statement of faith and sign on a dotted line below it to become a member. We instead ask people to identify for themselves if they're a stakeholder, if they are pursuing uh, uh, the similar things that we're pursuing. Uh, and when we offer spiritual direction and when we offer guidance uh, from the life of Jesus or from the Bible, we don't assume everyone is coming from the same starting points or questions uh, about life. We don't ex assume that everyone knows the same uh, cultural uh, references, the same vineyard cultural references or the same evangelical cultural references or the same Catholic cultural references or Methodist cultural references or Willow Creek cultural, whatever. We don't assume people know all of those or, or have those ahead of time. We try to, from a Jesus perspective, speak to the human condition broadly, the things that all Chicagoans might face or struggle with or wonder about or long for. And then we try to help people see what right now in their current situation moves their arrow toward the center in that centered set picture. Always with the reminder that what moves the arrow of the person next to you might be different and that's okay because that's what being a centered set is all about. So all to say, the, uh, the vineyard's pursuit of more clarity on the vineyard way, uh, that has seemed like a bounded set pursuit for us and that's what's been sort of happening over the last many years since our church began. And it's, become, it's meant that we, uh, in our communities, we've moved further and further towards centered set, have become increasingly incompatible uh, with uh, these two approaches, with us and with uh, the vineyard at large. So that's the cultural side of why we find ourselves announcing today that we are leaving our affiliation with the vineyard as a church. And on the theological side, our decision to leave comes down to matters of justice 
and inclusion of the LGBTQ community in our church. So our church has never put ceilings on LGBTQ individuals in terms of participation in our community or in leadership. Uh, and we have uh, never endorsed any church uh, local policy that prohibits same-sex marriage. However, because Vineyard USA the, at the national organizational level does not share our beliefs on this, we have, out of respect for their position, never presented ourselves, our church, as openly LGBTQ inclusive. Uh, as internal conversations in our church have progressed, uh, first among uh, the pastors, Kyle and myself, and our church board, and then among our volunteer leadership, and then among all of our church stakeholders over the last three months, we have recognized a strong consensus that God is calling us to live out our value of LGBTQ inclusion openly, not just implying it, but making it clear up front that this church is a safe space for LGBTQ individuals and LGBTQ allies. Uh, historically, the LGBTQ community has been uniquely scapegoated and oppressed by churches. So explicit clarity on this matter does, does matter. It, it's, it's not just something that implying makes go away. Uh, and because this is not something that the Vineyard permits, this also is a reason that we find ourselves announcing this morning that our church has voted to leave our affiliation with Vineyard USA. Uh, now, there is excitement behind this. I mean, this is, this is, our, our entire church was uh, in, in many ways very activated by this. And uh, there is excitement behind feeling freedom to live out your values more so than ever before. But I also want to take this moment to say that there is also a humbling side to this. Uh, so Kyle and I want to say publicly uh, in this online uh, uh, meeting that uh, <clears throat> it would be, given that we believe inclusion is a matter of justice, a very fair challenge that can be leveled against us is what took you so long to be open about this? And we want to acknowledge that that's a very fair challenge. So uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu has famously said uh, that if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. His famous image is, uh, if an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. It's a pretty strong image, right? So Kyle and I believe that as the pastoral leadership of this church, the two of us, we have for many years chosen to remain neutral on the matter of LGBTQ inclusion so as not to rock the boat of our vineyard affiliation. As I mentioned, that was not permitted. And we could do this because the two of us have enough societal privilege to get away with it. Uh, as straight, white, middle-class American men, we have spent zero days of our lives oppressed. The, the best thing I have going for me personally is that I'm left-handed. And uh, those who know the experience of oppression do not have the luxury to choose neutrality like we do, which is why I believe Archbishop Desmond Tutu is correct. <laughs> to be neutral is effectively to choose the side of the oppressor. Uh, that is not the entirety of our story, but I do believe it is part of our story. So yes, I feel very excited about being able to be open, uh, uh, about being LGBTQ inclusive in this church, but I also feel humbled, and that is a piece of this. I feel humbled by an incredible God who receives my repentance for choosing neutrality and who welcomes me as I pursue living with more integrity going forward. So that's how we got here. And now uh, the question it becomes, what's next? That's the, the next part of this announcement. So generally speaking, our church and our services and our messages aren't changing. 
nothing about our values and our vision is changing. What's changing is our level of freedom to be open about the values and vision we already have. But we do want to take this opportunity to reintroduce ourselves to the neighborhood as Brownline Church, now an openly LGBTQ inclusive community. The plan has been to mark this reintroduction on Easter Sunday, which is April 12th. Now that is like less than a month away. So with the COVID-19 situation, may not be possible for Easter Sunday to be the, uh, the marking of this reintroduction to the neighborhood. So the exact details at this point are gonna have to remain TBD. We'll stay connected with us and we'll figure that out. That's what we're asking. We're asking you to stay engaged with us in the meantime and keep the energy high around what's happening. We know that's a challenge because we have to be virtual right now, but let's do our best because whenever we are able to relaunch, we do think that we have a really unique opportunity. And I wanna tell you why I say that. So there are, there are a number of LGBTQ inclusive churches on the north side of Chicago, and they are all really great in their own ways. We do wonder though, if our church has the chance to fill a unique space that's not being filled right now within that landscape of inclusive churches. What if we could be the inclusive church in Chicago known for spiritual growth and for our trademark sense of humor and humility? What if when people hear about Brownline Church, the association that they have automatically is, oh yeah, you know, that's, that's that inclusive church that helped that person I know uh, grow and mature and become a healthier, more joyful person. And that person is more humble than they used to be. And they listen better and they take themselves less seriously and they take other people more seriously. And so I n by no means want to imply that all the other inclusive churches in Chicago aren't interested in spiritual growth. That's totally not true. But we just mean in terms of core focus or like the heartbeat of a vision, every community has one, right? We, we can all figure out like, what is, what is at the very core of this? And best we can tell, there is no church in Chicago that has sent this centered set model as its core focus, as its heartbeat of the vision like we do. And centered set, as I mentioned, is not only a powerful model for inclusion of all, it is also a really powerful model for humility and lifelong spiritual growth. So in a bounded set, once you're inside the circle, once you've assimilated, further growth is kind of decentivized, right? It's more important that you turn your attention to the boundary and making sure that you can prove you're staying away from it because it's like an electric fence and you don't wanna get zapped. But in a centered set, spiritual growth never ends. There is no moment at which we're tempted to coast. There's no moment we can presume to be better than the people around us. I mean, think about it, like if I'm one foot, if my coffee is the center, the coffee is Jesus. Of course the coffee is Jesus. Coffee is like absolutely an avenue to Jesus. And say, you know, so I'm like one foot away from it right now, but my arrow is pointed actually away from the coffee. And you, wherever you are around the city or around the country right now, are miles away from my coffee mug, but you're pointed directly at it. On these terms, you're better off than I am when I'm veering over here, not facing, even as close as I am. And so I, I think this is the difference between avoiding an electric fence and being drawn by a magnet. Our message of faith here isn't about, it's not about avoiding zaps or keeping dangers out. It's about the force of attractive love at the center of all the universe. It can shape us, it can heal us, it can guide us, it can carry us. And key, because the, this, this force of attractive love we're talking about is Jesus it can empathize with us in our sufferings. 
this 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 center that we are that we are focused on can build resilience for us can redeem even the most senseless sufferings and can transform us it can make us more healthy more joyful people and so i'm pretty sure we would be the only inclusive church the only church period in chicago with this heartbeat of centered set spiritual growth and humility at its core and that's what excites me most about this i think there are a ton of people in our brown line neighborhoods or in the immediate orbit of people here that would connect with our message, who would feel like, yes, this is water on dry land, what we are talking about. And so I'm wondering, does anyone come to mind for you? I'm wondering who are the people in your, around you that are, yeah, but they would totally be longing for this. What if we had a unique opportunity to meet that longing? Okay.